I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, who hasn't been traded yet, as far as I know. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Not been traded in Church League softball, so... Untouchable. <laughs> Untouchable, both on the mound and in the lineup. So, tonight, uh, I filled in as the pitcher, all right? And I haven't pitched in softball in a long time, and didn't do horrible. But I, you know, when you do anything, you you criticize yourself. Like, oh man, I wish I would did better. One of the more frustrating things is when people don't swing in church league softball, and they just watch. Like they'll just stand there and watch a like a ball that will get so close to being a strike, and they don't swing. It's church league softball. Swing the dang bat. Why are you like why are we up here watching pitches that are so close? And anyway, it's moneyball, Isaac. This is moneyball. This is a terrible take by you. This is moneyball. You got to just get on base. Get that OPS up. Get that get that on base percentage. OBS, whichever one it is. Get it up. Got to get that percentage up. And that's value right there, Isaac. That's value to get on base. I don't know what you're talking about with this. This is a terrible take. If you're throwing, if you're throwing, if you're throwing cheese in there, yeah, I understand. Maybe, maybe swing at a couple of them, but you're not. You're, you're just throwing crap in there. And if you're just throwing all over the place, it's your first time you've pitched since when? You're, throw, you're I, throwing right down the middle? You're throwing right into the, right in the sweet spot? Some, some of them are so, so close. I have my doubts. Some were so close and they just wasn't swinging. And it was so annoying, but. Also, well, I got to hold this take in. I'll just leave it at middle-aged white men. I was going to... We're not far from there ourselves, Isaac. Let's let's hold off on that. Middle-aged men that take... They take softball... Some some of them take softball so seriously. When you show up to the park in, in church league softball and baseball pants and batting gloves... And tape on your eyes. No, I'm just kidding. They don't go that far. But some of them take it so dang serious. I I just laugh at these people. But anyway, I have more takes on adult softball. Do, but. do not disparage my father as well as many other people in my dad's softball league. Yeah, I'll I'll hold the rest of my takes in on adult softball. But there's just some people that take it way serious, and they're trying to live a past life that. They thought they were going to be like a pro when they were in high school, and they're not. So they're trying to live it out through adult softball, and it's very obvious. And oh yeah, that's anyway, not, that's not my dad. He he loves doing it though, and he loves you know he he likes to be as prepared as possible and likes to be as committed to things as possible. So he does that, but he's not out there like pretending that you know there are those guys that are like yeah oh yeah those are the swing for the fences kind of guys. Yeah, they think they're Mike Trout out there. Yeah, they get mad like, if they no. if they strike out or get thrown out or something like that. Or if somebody catches a fly ball, it's like you are not Mike Trout. You are a forty two year old banker, right? It's the You're not uh, it's the hoopers that uh, <laughs> that get mad every time they miss a shot. Like, ah oh, man, I should have made that. Like, it's like no, you shouldn't. Have. Can't make them all. Um, not that we didn't have anything to talk about today. The Russell Westbrook trade just went down. What four hours ago? <laughs> 
not, yes. even, not even that long ago. And, uh, man, we were planning on just doing random stuff for this pod, talking about Harrison Barnes maybe, and now the NBA has changed again. It's flipped over on its head. Uh, Russell Westbrook is going to the Houston Rockets in exchange for Chris Paul, two of the biggest, worst contracts in the NBA, two of the most yes. quote-unquote untradeable contracts, now have been traded for each other. And we know which one is uh, more valuable, and that's Westbrook, because <laughs> the Thunder received two first-round picks. They received um, Houston's first in 2024 and Houston's first in 2026, which are pretty far out there. I mean, this is those are real far out there deals. Like Westbrook is going to be like 36 when those when those picks come. So those could be really good picks. Then uh, they're also like seven years away. <laughs> so. And uh, they also got two pick swaps. They get a, a pick swap with Houston in 2021 and 2025. So, Chris Paul is the worst contract. Now Chris Paul is on the Thunder. Russell Westbrook is, is reunited with James Harden in Houston. Man, initial reaction. <laughs> initial reaction was, oh, wow. Because a lot of us thought, you know, it was Miami. That's what you'd heard from a lot of people. And when we talked about the Rockets thing, when McMahon reported a few days ago or however long ago it was that Houston, you know, is interested in it, you know, they pretty much had two routes and it was, they could shed, they could look around the league and say who would take Capella, Eric Gordon, you know, and PJ Tucker and make the space that way. And what a dumb fit that would be with Westbrook, Chris Paul and Harden. But Maury's the type of person that's like, Hey, I'll just put three good players on the floor. Good in quotes. The first obvious way to do it is if you could shed Chris Paul. I just didn't think they would ever be able to do it. I didn't think that they would be able to swap a Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook for the most part. And uh, they pulled it off. And when I first saw the tw- in the trade, I was like, all right. Like, well, actually, when I first saw the trade, I started laughing because I immediately thought of the <laughs> the effort and the frustration that Daryl Morey put over the past three weeks yes. into y'all are stupid. There's nothing, nothing going wrong. on. He's going to be in a Rockets jersey. Chris Paul. The only untradeable players on the, on the Rockets are Chris Paul and James. We're not tra- He went on Dan Patrick's show and said, we're not moving either of those guys. He said, those two guys are staying. The rest of them, you know, we're looking for deals. But, man. And then, bam. It happens, and here you go. But that is, um, if that's not posturing, I don't know what else is. I mean that that was just that's a PR job if I've ever seen one. Um, initial thoughts for both teams. For Houston, I think it's a solid move. I I've, I enjoyed the trade. I'm not. I mean, if we did our least favorite players in the NBA, both of these guys are in my top five. All Chris three Paul of them. Who's the third? Harden. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Um, but <laughs> but Westbrook and Chris Paul are up in there. But I got I actually enjoyed this trade. One, because Westbrook has shown the Thunder loyalty. And I yes. know he I know you can say loyalty and he got paid to Supermax and uh, is that loyalty ball. He could have went somewhere else, okay? We just seen Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis and all these guys turn down this big money and go a different place they want. He showed OKC loyalty. Oklahoma City, it's not a huge market or anything. Stayed there eleven years. Like that's crazy. He I mean, was it, the longest tenured player in the NBA and one team. Yeah, that doesn't feel I mean it doesn't it feels since like Dirk, it was since no, Dirk retired. 
Yeah, it feels like no time that they that they move there. And he's been there for 11 years. And I actually, even though I'm not the biggest Russell Westbrook fan, I actually really enjoyed just the the thought and the reporting of they sat down with him and they said, hey, let's, we want to make you happy. We want to send you somewhere you want, still get something back and all of that. And I just enjoyed that aspect of it that that organization honored that and it was you know everything because we just don't we never see that in the league anymore yeah i'm working on oh god no 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 keep going i'm working on an instant reaction video uh for free dawkins and one of the main points that i want to put in there is you know for okc in a vacuum they did right by russell westbrook and that might seem like an antiquated way to look at it and to say well what's you know what's the point of doing right by him just be cutthroat and do what you know, Boston did to Isaiah Thomas or do what the Clippers did to, you know, Blake Griffin and just convince him to re-sign and then send him off. But I think there is something to be said about, you know, doing right by a player, especially a player that has given you so much like that, a player that's yeah. been around that has committed to your franchise. And then to be able to, to make it to, to be agreeable on this, right. And to not just yeah. and to, to have to include the player in these plans, because we know that, that they sat down with Westbrook and that was the initial Woj report that, Presty and the Thunder and his agent and Westbrook all sat down together and they said, "Hey, let's figure out a way to make this work for everybody." And it did. The, the Thunder are stuck with Chris Paul's contract, but they got the picks they wanted. I mean, we'll go through all the picks that they have coming going forward. It's insane, but uh, they I think it's a win win for the for the Thunder except for the Chris Paul contract, which you know we'll see what happens with that going forward. It could be traded by the time you listen to this. Yeah, and. You can't convince me that this was the only deal on the table. That, you know, there, I guarantee you, there were other smaller market teams that were willing to take the chance on Russell Westbrook that needed a star, that had deals on the table that you might be able to argue that say those deals could have been maybe a little better. And, and they elected to go the Houston route. Like, I, I threw the Orlando thing out there for, on Twitter a few days ago. And, a fan, you know, Magic fans caught wind of a few counts. And then I, my mentions are just a flood of Orlando fans getting super pissed. Why would you want Westbrook on this team? Like, listen, y'all haven't had a star forever since Dwight, okay? So, like, hey, y'all... Hey, hey, like, Vooch was an all-star. Okay, okay, Vooch. Yeah, sure. But... Bamba. Like, Bamba has type a song of teams. named after him, Isaac. He has a song, a banger. Minnesota, another team that would should have took the chance on it, and they could have had a decent deal on the table. But I do, I just don't believe that the Houston offer was the only deal on the table. But yet OKC said, "Hey, we're accumulating all these picks and assets. We'll take this trade, and we'll take the picks with it, and we'll do you right because you've shown us loyalty over time, and we'll send you to the place you want to go, and then you get to be a con, you know a contender still. Because if you go to Miami, they're They'd probably be, you know, they'd be in the playoffs. But Houston, this keeps them. I, I mean, I think as much as we dislike Houston as Mavs fans, like I feel like they're the team that's been getting overlooked. Probably them and Denver, I think, that have been getting overlooked the most. But Houston, yeah, like literally just lost to Golden State, and it was bad. But like they lost to Golden State, and no one's really talking about them as like these contenders. They almost beat them two co- years ago. Almost the exact same team. Yes, and in my opinion, Westbrook's better than Chris Paul. I mean, that's not I not mean, a hot, not a hot take, not a hot take. Almost facts. okay, okay, almost facts. Okay, at this point. so I think I, I think no matter what you think about the fit, the fact that Chris, you know, that James Harden probably wants to play with Russ, that probably helps a lot. 
And I think that they'll be better because of that. I think this keeps him in that top category. He's more durable than Chris Paul. I don't think you have to worry about the whole like Chris Paul breaking down thing. Yeah, and, and I mean, and Chris Paul's been a step slow. I mean, he's thirty four. By the end of Westbrook's deal, he'll be thirty. He'll be just turning thirty five. So Chris, at the yeah. end of Westbrook's deal, he'll be just as old as Chris Paul is right now. Yeah. And, and you look at the two routes that they could have taken. That's what I was saying with the Chris Paul thing. Like That's the ideal route you could take if you're Houston because you didn't have to gut your team. They got to keep their whole team in this. So now they literally just swap out Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. They keep Gordon and all those guys. And now it's like, where do they rank in the West? Probably, is it, is probably this- about the same. Probably about wherever, the, wherever you had them before, probably about the same. Because for as many positives as there are with this Westbrook upgrade from Chris Paul the Rockets still have the same problems and now they even have a couple more problems right so let's take a quick break yeah. and when we come back let's discuss some of the Houston problems because what's better than talking about Houston's problems right <laughs> all right Isaac so the Russell Westbrook James Harden pairing the duo right I just did, I just finished a video on duos yesterday uh, and we were going to talk about them but now I'll probably have to change it all <laughs> Yes, it's already posted, so I can't do anything about it now. But uh, I had, I think I had James Harden and Chris Paul sixth in for for duos, Um, and I valued individual talent in that. But I also valued compatibility. Those are two the two pretty much main things. I also valued you know prime age, like how close you are to your prime. But uh, for Chris Paul and James Harden, they're right there. So compatibility though for James Harden and Russell Westbrook, that's where it'd be tough. It's better than Chris Paul mm-hmm. and James Harden because they were beefing and they were going back and forth. And this is something I was thinking about earlier today. Chris Paul and James Harden, what was their big thing? What was their big thing that they disagreed with? It was always about the flow of the offense, how the offense would Life. run, how the <laughs> state farm commercials, the, uh, it, whether James Harden destroyed Chris Paul's kitchen or not. They were, they were disagreeing about the, how the offense should be run. Chris Paul was like, we need to move the ball more. We need to do this. We need to do this. James Harden was like, hey, I'm doing my thing. You know, Maury loves that I'm doing my thing. D'Antoni loves that I'm doing my thing. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. Well, say what you want about the fit between Westbrook and James Harden. They agree on one thing, that somebody should be doing their thing. <laughs> they agree that it's they, – they both think that it's themselves, but they agree on that style of offense, that one guy should just be pounding the ball at all times. Uh, now, whether they do that on the, at, at the same time on the court together is a different story, but they both agree that that's the way offense should be played. So there's not going to be any disagreement there. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest question is like, you know, when they try to play off ball. I mean, for Westbrook's the better overall player than Chris Paul, but Chris Paul did shoot 35% from three last year compared to Westbrook's 29% from three. And, you know, when you have these lineups to where you space the floor and you give the ball to somebody. We've talked about it a lot with Luca and Dallas. You know, when you have, you can get away with one guy not being able to shoot a three, but what happens when you have two of them alongside a primary playmaker, you have Capella, but what happens when you add Westbrook, who is an under 30% three point shooter. Now you have two guys. Uh, doesn't mean you just leave you know Westbrook wide open, like he's Rondo or something, but it's it's still an issue they'll have to try to figure out. I think they'll be fine, fine uh, in a relative term, but it's not it's not an ideal perfect fit. But it's something you roll the dice on for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah you do that. Um, they're I think they're a better team than the Lakers. Mm, 
Man, I have to see all this stuff play out at this point. There's just so much movement. So many things have changed. Anthony Davis. I was thinking about that on my way home. I was like, I wonder if Nick disagrees. (laughs) The last time Anthony Davis was healthy, we thought he was a top three. I was in middle school. We thought he was a top three player in the NBA. Like legitimately. That he was better than all these other guys. And, and I mean, he's going to be massive for them. But anyway. um, Are they better? I was just watching some Rockets uh, jazz because I was doing a Mike Conley video. Clint Capella was really bad in the playoffs, <laughs> and I don't yeah. know. If oh, I, yeah. I don't know if I want Clint Capella guarding Anthony Davis. Man, the West playoffs are going to be so fun this year. There's so many. Ma- I mean, think about the matchups. Every single West playoff team is going to have a duo like this. It's crazy. I mean, Westbrook whoever finishes like first or second, they're probably going to play Porzingis and Luka in the first round. So. We hope. Hey, hey, we're. I'm. I might pick them. I might go crazy and pick them. But I mean, we have Kawhi and and Paul George. You have LeBron and AD. You have Westbrook and Harden. You have, you know, Jokic and Jamal Murray. I guess. Man, there's just so many duos like that. You have DeRozan and Lamarcus. Gosh. Yeah, I want to. We'll do a full duo pod. And yes. We'll, I'll do my rankings alongside Nick and see where we differ on some of this. Yeah. Um. Can we talk about OKC for a second? Where they're going? Yeah, OKC OKC is going in a direction. <laughs> they they are bottoming out. There's con- conflicting reports about what Chris Paul is going to do. Uh, Woj was saying that, that the Thunder, even at the time of the trade, were still looking to find a third team to try and you know dump Chris Paul there. And then Sam Amick was like, they're going to keep him and try and pair him with Stephen Adams and Gallinari and Shea Gilgis Alexander. And and I was like, what the <laughs> like if that, that like that team is now. With that team as constructed right now, how good are they? They're worse than Dallas. They're worse than Sacramento. They're worse than the Pelicans, probably. The Gallinari and Chris yeah. Paul—they're—they're they're probably underrated at this point because people bash on them so much. Stephen Adams is going to lead the league in rebounding next year. Yeah, it's not as bad as I think what people would think it would be. But it yeah, just, like the- please, for the love of Shea Gilgis Alexander. Please get him. Like, do not make him go through the whole season with Chris Paul. Please I w- don't. I was super excited when I saw that Westbrook was being traded. At first, my first thought was, "Oh, good, we get Shea Gilgis Alexander and Terrence Ferguson in a backcourt. Like that is that's a backcourt that I really want to see for the future. That that's two six six guys with long wingspans that can both hit a three. That man, that that's like that's a that's a great backcourt right there to work around. Yeah, They're both like twenty something. So. With the Tim McMahon and Brian Windhorst and all that that pie that came out uh, last night, you know, Windhorst said at the very beginning, he's like, yeah, when they were originally talking about this trade, it it could have been Chris Paul being rerouted to Miami and it being like a three team type of trade. It's that that situation still could happen because Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook still make the exact same amount of money, except Chris Paul's is you know a year shorter in the length of a deal. So they still need to get under the luxury tax. So there's still a move away yeah. that they need to get under, whether it's somebody taking Patrick Patterson or somebody like Dallas that's sitting on a trade exception and them calling up Dallas and saying, hey, will you take Andre Roberson and we'll attach one of our million first-round picks they for it? They can't take Steven Adams with the trade exception, right? No, oh, my gosh. How many how many tweets have we got? Like a lot, that, because you can't no. combine a trade exception with something else. You have to take the player completely within the trade exception. Yes. Um, 
One of the other tweets that I got today. Would we? Somebody tweeted and said, "Would you swap Courtney Lee for Dennis Schroeder?" And I would say no. Didn't we do that in the locked on mock? <laughs> but it was part of a bigger. Yeah, trade, we got though. other stuff too. But yeah, we got like PJ Washington stuff. But yeah, in in a vacuum, no, because that one that would help. You know, OKC, you're like, why would you know, why would both teams do that? One, OKC would get under the luxury tax. They would get off the second year of Dennis Schroeder's contract still left. Uh, they would get the expiring court in the league, get under the tax. I just don't see it now that we have DeLon Wright. I don't see I – I feel like that's kind of redundant at that point. And if I'm going to take on somebody that has another year of their contract after this one, I would like somebody – I would like it to be for a player that's significantly better than one of our other players at the same position. And I'm sorry, I could be biased because we just signed him. I don't think Dennis Schroeder is that much better than DeLon Wright. If any, wow, so so biased. I can't believe how biased you are. <laughs> is that a str- is that a stretch? Uh, somebody might be yelling at me right now. But no, he's a better defender, and that's that's what the Mavs need. It's about fit right now. Yeah, so I just don't I don't see why Dallas would do that and eat that guaranteed money for that next season either. I mean, unless you look at it and say, hey, we want a couple firsts for it. But I think the route that they go for for OKC because now if we want to rope in the Dorian Finney-Smith situation. Yep. Not really situation, but Dallas announced Dorian Finney-Smith's contract, you know, was officially signed today. So Dallas is officially going the trade exception route, which is, you know, that was the path that a lot of people were reporting that they would be going down. Um, so you said, Hey, how could they make a trade or any type of move right now? They pretty much have one of two routes. They have the expiring of Courtney Lee, which isn't going anywhere uh, that they can, Look across the league and say, "Hey, who is? What are players around that same twelve million dollar mark that we could look and say we could swap Courtney Lee for?" Or they have the trade exception, which is kind of around the same you know price, that eleven point eight twelve million mark that you could still take a player into that trade exception. So that's kind of the two routes that you, you know you're kind of playing with. So. To bring the Russell Westbrook situation back into it, a lot of people are tweeting tweeting us saying, hey, does this fully take us out of the whole possible trade, anything like that, and you're raising your eyebrows. Did something just happen? The Ringer just tweeted a picture of somebody that's going to be on NBA Desktop, and NBA Desktop comes out tomorrow. The photo is of your guy. Boban? Ari. You lie. That little Ari, Ari, Ari Abraham, Abraham dude. Oh man, that's so funny. Oh, I can't wait. This is your, this is your guy. No, you've been calling him out on the podcast this whole time. Yeah, because he, he's been reporting on. I just love people oh, like that. Man. That's funny. Anyway, it's not like we sorry, have any. That was completely off off base, but that was so funny. Oh, it's just his face sitting there in the spice like chair. I thought you were gonna say campaign. <laughs> campaign. Hey, did you see Brad's tweet today? About campaign? Brett, well, he, I think he talked to Rick Carlisle, or Carlisle said in the broadcast, the reason why campaign uh, didn't play in that summer league game the other day is they believe that the, he has a deal and plays with another team. Another team. So hats off. Somebody's going to get a heck of a player. Another team, not the Mavs. <laughs> not the Mavs. We don't need him. Another. We don't need another, another point guard. Another so- team. Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go down that rabbit trail, let's take another break. And when we come back, let's discuss um, 
man, let's discuss more of this, uh, the Chris Paul side of this and, uh, and what, you know, where he could go next and what that could mean going forward. All right, Isaac. So Chris Paul goes to the Thunder. Do we think we see him? I mean, they're not, okay. This is one thing I want to bring up. They're not going to buy him out. This is, that's, that's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. No, the dude is due. He has 38.5 this year, 41.3 next year. And then has a player option for 44.2. Yeah. Not going to happen. I don't give a crap what, like, okay, when players get bought out, it's like, it's like Nick is on the, on the books for the Lakers for like $20 million, all right? Underpaid. And they're like, hey, hey, it's underpaid for sure. Hey, we know you're like the best in the business when it comes to like media and stuff, but, and, and making our highlight clips for, you know, Mo Wagner and all that stuff, but we, we, we want to buy you out. Wait, so why, am I not process, playing, why am I not playing in this scenario? so the buyout process to say hey we don't want you to count towards our books how much money will you take you know less than your 20 million to where we can just pay you that right now and then you're just off our books so what you see these buyouts is nick would then go hey pay me i'll take 15 million dollars less pay me 15 million dollars right now and then i'll that's our agreement and basically how much can we pay you to get rid of you yes how much yeah for the most part so if you do if you do the math that's like 40 40 40 how much money is left on chris paul's deal i mean even it, you just there's just that's just not gonna happen and don't and pe- some people try to throw out there like stretch stretching chris paul do you realize if you stretch chris paul that's seven years that he's gonna be on your books and then do the math on how much money is left on his contract that you would have to pay? Do the math, Isaac. <laughs> Tell the, us what the math over is. Oh, the course. Of, oh gosh, forty, forty, forty is uh one two. It's one hundred twenty-four. Divided by seven. One hundred twenty. Well, does the player option count in that? I guess it does. Yes, it does. So you could pay him seventeen point seven million to go away for the next seven years. <laughs> There's no way. That's the dumbest thing ever. Presti's way smarter than that. But um, so yeah, I, I think ultimately he's gonna get traded. I, I think because I I think in a perfect world they're probably looking at it and say if if you're Presti, you're like hey let's hold on to him right now. We'll bring him in. Cool. We'll trade him. We can flip him at the deadline probably. But we got some assets. Who cares? But I think Chris Paul's gonna probably try to speed this up and say hey. I'm sorry. I'm not going back to OKC. Cool city. Been there before. Played a couple seasons. But And at that point, do you call up the same teams that were interested in Russell Westbrook and say, hey, guys, hey, do y'all want to... <laughs> you guys want a worse version of what we just talked about for the same price? <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, could, could you call up Miami and say, hey, let's talk about the Dragic... Uh, Kelly Olenek thing or Minnesota uh, should be you know, absolutely out. They should not even answer their phone if the Thunder call because if Jimmy Butler what? did not like Carl Anthony Towns and Chris Paul will definitely not like Carl Anthony Towns. Yes. However, it may um, it may allow them to get off of Wiggins. If that's what you guys really want to do up there. Oh my gosh, I would die. That's um, like a twelve more million to not pay Wiggins to give Chris Paul. You know, when Horse and them brought up brought up the conversation, they said, "Hey, what type of person is Steven Adams? What Steven Adams does he care right now? Would he try to force him from his way out?" Yeah, but like what type of person is he as far as like does he care about contender or not? And 
you know he's only 25 years old i know like we've talked like and the fact is i think at this point you just hold on to him and you need some type of what's the word i'm going for that's like con- continue stabilizer yeah, that's that. At least somebody continuity. to stick around. Continuity. Continuity. You need something like that. You, you know, and fans love him. Like you just keep. I know you might view his contract as like a negative to uh, a lot of people around the league, but you keep him. He's twenty five years old, and let him grow with you know Shea and some of those, and fans still get somebody to root for that they've been rooting for. So, I think you definitely keep Steven Adams at this point. And uh, that deal is really bad. I'm 25 million this year, 27 million the next year. That's a lot. It's only two years though, so if, like, yeah, they're not going anywhere in two years. Yeah, it's only two years. But if I'm another team, if I'm like the Mavericks, which, you know, yeah, we can't at this point. Can't do it. Can't really do it. Well, you can do it. <laughs> you can do Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway Jr. for Stephen <laughs> Adams and Patrick Patterson. Send them some seconds. I don't know. True. I just don't. Yeah, I don't see why. Okay. See, I would just rather keep Steven Adams at that point, and yeah, be one of the faces of the franchise as we retool and all that stuff. But yeah, I think yeah, the Chris Paul. Where does he go? I think it's interesting. I don't see any pathway for him to go to the Lakers. You know, or at least not yeah, right now. Either. And you know, Detroit. Yeah, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul again. Yeah, right. Have fun with that. But, yeah, we'll see. I'm very interested to see what comes out in the next few days about Chris Paul and what he wants because his options and as far as the big markets, good luck. And they might have to literally convince him saying, hey, if you want to go to one of these markets of your choice, you might have to be on this team and play for this team until December or January because – even if you would like to go to New York or wherever it is, unless it's Miami, which we could see happening outside of Miami, I don't see where he he could go or where he would want to go at this point, which is really funny to me. Just nobody has the contracts for that. I mean, it's crazy to think no. about. But I mean, if you think about some of the big expirings, like Atlanta has hoarded some of those. The Mavericks have some big like bad contracts they like to get off. There's just not many terrible bad contracts that can be traded like that that are tradable assets at this point right yeah and it's like what you know what teams would want chris paul like if you're chicago you probably don't want chris paul you know like if you're uh indiana they just made you know they just made their moves to get brockton and stuff like this this is just happening after free agency to where you know i i guess the same i guess you could do the same logic that i brought up for cleveland you know, to where you could call up Cleveland if Cleveland wanted to push yeah. for the playoffs and pair Chris Paul with Kevin Love and say, "Here you go." Those their contracts might line up at that point, possibly. Well, Maybe it would not. work Chris- for Westbrook at that point. Like we thought it would work for what the trade would work for Westbrook, but yeah, yeah. So it's just a very unique situation. But Dallas, you know, it's not about for Dallas. It looks like the summer is done at this point, unless they try to. I think the biggest question for them at this point, now that Finney Smith is signed, the only person that's not yet made official is Kristaps Porzingis. I would assume that's going to happen at any moment, any day now. And then everything's set for the most part, because then they'll be operating as the over the over the cap team. 
you know, Seth will go into one exception, Boban to the other, DeLon Wright into the trade exception, and then you keep the 11.8 trade exception until, you know, if you ever want to use it this season. And that's kind of your team, and we'll do plenty of team previews and all that stuff, but I think the biggest question mark for him at that point is you're probably not trading Tim Hardaway Jr. It's inevitable he's going to be on your team right now. But what do they do with Courtney Lee before the season? A vet like him that's been in the league for so long, He's probably not part of your rotation. What, you know, what do you want to do with his contract? Do you want to try to turn it into something across the league for a piece that could be part of your rotation? Do you just want to hold on to it, stash him at the end of the bench and say, hey, it's an expiring we can use for a midseason trade? Uh, that would be the only thing that I would be looking at until training camp, really. Or just let it play out. You know, I mean, we didn't see them use him last year or let him play last year, but this year they don't have as many vets. We've, we've talked about this over and over again. They don't have as many vets that have been places in the NBA. And Courtney Lee's a guy that's been in a finals. He went to the finals with the, the Magic in 2009. He uh, made yeah. a huge steal in a finals game that made me lose my breath while <laughs> I was watching it. <laughs> Um, love that he's a he's they he's a great guy too i yeah. got to i i got to talk to him a few times have some good conversations with him he went to college uh, in kentucky kind of near my hometown and we got to really talk about kentucky and different towns in kentucky and we talked about the finals that finals round with dwight and jj reddick and jameer nelson and those those guys and it, it i mean that was so long ago he's been in the league for a while it's crazy it's 10 years ago um yeah but uh Great guy, and really, it's kind of going back to that veteran talk that we've talked about before. When you have only, when you only have like JJ Barea, and if you're not bringing back Devin or something like that, Courtney Lee is that other vet. Like even if he's not part of your rotation, that's one of the only long tenured vets that you have on the roster. If he's still on the roster, come training camp, it's pretty wild. This team went from last year. Everyone was like, "Why? Why do I have to bring back all these vets?" Right? Like that's what people were saying. Like, God bringing back Devin with Dirk, with JJ. Now it's like, can we get some vets? Like where, where are the vets? Can we, can we find a vet somewhere? And yeah, that, that's one of them. Just crazy. Team got so, team got so young, which everyone wants them to do, but at what cost, Isaac? What did it cost? Um, I would have, I need to look at the, the money part, but I don't want to say here and say that the Igu- you know, like an Iguodala possibility for Courtney Lee is completely off the table at this point uh, without adding somebody else to Courtney Lee, a.k.a. Justin Jackson. And I honestly don't know if Dallas would even do that. They really, really like Justin Jackson. And I don't know if it'd be worth giving up Justin Jackson for one year of Andre Iguodala. As much as I like Iguodala, and I think he'd bring a lot to our team. But... Um, <laughs> We'll see with that. Yeah, because Finney Smith takes your cap to a certain mark, and I think they might have a few million left over, but we'll see. I'm not for sure on all that. Yeah, now you're talking about margins, and it's like even the, the salary cap like experts could be wrong on a couple of these deals, and all of a sudden your cap is gone. You didn't really realize it, <laughs> right? Like Sometimes yeah. it can just work out and, that way. And once Porzingis resigns, your cap's yeah, fully gone. done yeah. at that point. Then JJ is going to sign, you know, for his minimum deal. They'll re-sign him back, and then you're literally setting at that 14-man roster point at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, because you'll have, yeah, and then you figure out what happens at you know at roster spot 15, and you bring six more guys to camp at that point. You have 14 guys, you bring six more guys to camp, and if we just say at the top of our head, Isaiah Roby, Josh Reeves. 
Um, Macon, Costas, and Tony's Cleveland, maybe. Maybe. One more, one and more then, random guy. Ding. Yeah, and then... <laughs> Baba? Ba- Baba. Um, Baba Fett. But, um, yeah, and we'll see. I mean, they could go out and sign another minimum guy right now. There's plenty of minimum guys. Uh, the amount of guys that signed for teams across the league for the minimums is kind of crazy right now. And there's a... Uh... There's still the possibility they make an in-season trade too, right? Like this, this might not be the team by the end of the season. We thought that at the beginning of the season last year, we're like, this is the Mavs team, right? They've Harrison and Wes and DeAndre and Dennis, and then by the end of the year, all of them were gone. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, Who knows for sure. I mean, you know, we didn't talk about this point that that Cuban brought up the other day in that that interview when he was talking about just the importance of bringing everybody back, the continuity, that continuity, and just bringing these pieces back that have been in the system that fit around your star players and Luca and Porzingis and all of that. Now I think there's a bigger conversation you could rightfully have as far as, you know, were there better role pieces out on the market? You know, Danny Green would have fit perfect, but you know, they really put a focus in bringing these guys back and that, you know, shows a lot, shows you how much they believe in them. And now, now it's, now it's real at this point. Because there is a difference when you find an undrafted Maxi or you find an undrafted Dorian Finney-Smith and they're on the, the super, super cheap deals and you're like, oh, okay. Like, the expectations, you know, are a little different. Now you've re-signed these guys. And it's not for a ton, but when you hand these guys three, four-year deals like Maxi and Dorian, their expect- expectations are a little bit different now compared to the undrafted yeah. $1 million man. <laughs> and now it's like, okay, we just gave you long- a little bit long-term deal. Now your production needs to show that. And now it's real for those guys and we'll see uh, what happens with them. But I'm excited for Justin Jackson. I'm excited to see what, how he could fit with the team. Yeah. And their roles are now opened up now you know, Dirk is gone. There's other guys that are gone now. And so that now they have a role opened up for them. They didn't come in and sign a whole bunch of random, you know, dudes. And I honestly think part of this, part of this off season, and you know, we've been optimistic about this off season and optimistic about how good the Mavs are going to be next year. But I think the Mavericks, they started looking and they're like, all right, let's, let's try to make some of these big swing moves to try and see if we can compete right now. But if we can't, let's not like waste our time with a bunch of these random role player dudes that are just going to be marginally better than some of the guys we already have. Yeah. Right. Like we went through the list of guys they could, that, that were available that they could have had. And I don't know how much better a lot of those guys are than the ones the Mavs have, which, you know, I might be too high on the Mavs guys that they have right now, but they didn't. They're not going to take anything away from Porzingis and Luca. And this year is just building around that. This year is let's re-sign some of these guys. Let's let's try. If one of these guys hits, a Justin Jackson, a Maxi, a Dorian, you know, one of those guys. Maybe Tim Hardaway Jr. comes back and he becomes you know this like dynamic sixth man scorer type guy. If you hit on one of those guys and Luca and Porzingis get to do their thing and they get you know working their chemistry, then this season is going to be successful for them in that way. They might not make the playoffs because of how crazy the West is right now, uh, but they're going to be a better team than they have been, and they're going to be able to, to build on what they what they got this pat what they what they they're going to build on what they made this team into the last thirteen months. Yes, one hundred percent. And I think there's a pride and that you can take in when you see these guys like Maxi and Dorian and even JJ Brea going you know farther back of finding these undrafted guys. You put in the time and effort to develop these guys, and now. 
to let him walk and to see him blossom with another team, it'd be like, oh, dang, I just developed them to like go blossom somewhere else. And now I feel, I think they feel like, hey, we have these guys that we found, we developed, and now we want to watch them blossom for us and to capitalize and to reap your own harvest that you sowed these seeds, you know, a few years ago. Preach Reverend Harris. <laughs> Um, also we talked about the closing time lineup of finding that small ball four that can play alongside KP at the five. I think Maxi, we could see Maxi in that four spot and his defense against some yeah. of those small ball fours. I wonder if he can develop, if he can, if we could see him at that quote, small ball four spot alongside KP in like crunch time moments. If his three point shot is there, I feel like that would be huge not a small ball lineup anymore but i get what you're trying to say the, the function yeah, yeah it's not a small ball yeah 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 the, the small ball would be to put justin jackson or dory in there yeah that's true that's true yeah. or even like luca to put luca at that four and then get a bunch of shooters and other stuff like that but yeah the lineups are gonna be yeah. interesting this year there's a lot to look forward to um and yeah and if you haven't go listen to jeff skin wade on uh the bennett skin Woo! podcast they podcasted this segment. They have a radio show, but they podcasted this segment on Ben and Skin, and uh, it's, it's called Around the Beef. And they just they go in on the Ma- on the Mavericks fans and how everyone's been complaining and kind of a lot of the same points that we've been making. Uh, they make them a little more brashly than we would, <laughs> but man, it's uh it's pretty funny. Go to around like the nine minute mark and just listen to Jeff Skin Wade go in. On some of these fans, uh, it's okay to be disappointed, but we think that what the Mavs have, they're they're building towards something good. And let's focus on that. And that's what we try to do. One hundred percent. Just to echo what he said, thirteen months ago, our best player was Dennis Smith Jr., and we were walking into the draft with Dennis Smith Jr. and the fifth pick in the draft, Wendell Carter like, Jr. Wendell Carter Jr., Mo Bamba. Who are we going, are we going to take with pick five? And in 13 months, we got Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, literally two of the best players under 25 years old, and two little like legit young superstars in the entire NBA. And that right there is an absolute miracle that the front office pulled off. And they maneuvered and pulled off trades to pull off these two young superstars. There are so many of these young teams across the league right now they don't have these guys. Like they don't have anybody. They don't have any one. We talked about Charlotte. They don't have one young star to build around. I mean, look at the Knicks right now. They don't have, I mean, I guess RJ Barrett's the closest thing. And that's just kind of all off of like curiosity at this point. There's so many of these teams that are in the lottery that they're just, they're trying to find who that young superstar is. And Dallas has two of them right now. Like, Literally two of those guys, and now you got to figure out the rest of the pieces. So, but anyway, go listen to Jessica and Wade's. It's literally one of the best things I heard all all of all season. Yep, there you go. Well, uh, man, I don't know if we'll be back tomorrow. We'll decide. We'll decide if we are or not. No. This kind of see, we're not going to be back unless something Mavs happens. Okay. So this is the. I guess we could. This is the this is the end of our uh, our streak from beginning. Before free agency to now, I mean, before the draft till now, I mean, we've been going. I think we've done podcasts every single day. How many days has this been? I have no idea. A lot of days. Like twenty. A lot of days in a row. Guys, 
there were only like what five days that we didn't do a podcast in in the whole month of June. That's freaking insane. Um, some of you, if you, if you listen to every single, every single episode in the month of June, tweet at me and let me know this. Cause I want to know if you listen to 25 hours worth of us. If you listen, if you listen to a whole day's worth of us in a month, I need to know. I think the last time we didn't do a podcast was June 18th. Oh dear God. What even, what day was that? We went through the that was a, June 18th. Why is that a Tuesday? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks, yeah. guys, yeah, but for like listening. June 15th, June 18th was like the last time we didn't do a podcast. So a month. We've, we've basically gone a month. Pods every day. And it's been fun. And we've enjoyed it. It's been a fun streak. And uh, I guess it ends tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we talk about... I mean, how many of y'all listen to this podcast? It's uh, absolutely insane. And we've talked about some of our numbers. It's been crazy over this past month. And we're like, man, we didn't even land one of those big guys. We're like, man, imagine if we got Kimber or something like that. But it's just insane that um, we're just riding the wave at this point. And it's going to be a fun offseason. We're going to be here you know, through all of these dead months, too. So we have some things planned. We have some uh, fun things planned, uh, some weak things planned. Yeah, it. Um, so we'll weak, take your right. Weak things. We have some strong things planned too. Don't worry. I meant like weak, like the weeks, not weak, like like weak sauce. We got weak sauce planned. Get out of these here. These pods will be weak sauce. <laughs> also, I'm gonna I'm gonna decide on the uh, soccer team over the weekend. Ooh, all right. There you go. Decision coming on Monday. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs for weeks and weeks and weeks. We appreciate it. Uh, man, we'll be back on Monday. A lot of Locked on Pods have not been doing every single day. I think probably most Locked on Pods haven't been doing every single day. Uh, but we like to do these pushes. We like to give people pods every day because we want pods every day, right? Like we yes. are the type of people that we would listen to a podcast. Like, like Zach Lowe did a podcast every single day. We would listen to it every single day. There's just certain people yes. that we I have, I have a commute every day. I need pods. Yes. And we know you guys have, have the same thing. So we, uh, that's what we try to do. And it's crazy to us that, that we are those people to some people, right? Like there's a guy that DM me the other day and said that, Hey, my, uh, <laughs> he said, I was playing a game with my kids and, uh, it was, it was their turn and they finished their turn and they looked at me and they said, what you got for me, Isaac Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Proud moment right there. I love that. that such a great moment. I love that. <laughs> Shout out. The fact that the fact that my son my son literally turns one 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 year old here in a couple weeks. No way. Uh, literally like like two weeks. And the fact that we when we started this pod, my wife and I wasn't even pregnant. And like a lot Neither of these, of you like, guys were pregnant. Like, ha ha ha, and and. The fact that y'all got to hear my emotions of when we found out we were pregnant through the pregnancy journey, I would give random funny updates about the pregnancy journey and all that stuff. And I say we're pregnant. <laughs> Should I just say she's pregnant? I wish you guys. I could feel see like his, this is. A I wish thing. you guys could see his face right now. It's so funny. <laughs> I wish I could see your face, but our connection sucks so bad. Oh. I say I feel like is that ain't that the right thing to say? We're pregnant, or I got I me. Mean, I'm I'm not, but she is. I know. But I feel a, like that's it the, was like, a dumb. Thing. It was a dumb joke. Whatever. Continue. Anyway, ruined your great moment. Yeah, 
y'all seen this whole like Nick moving across the country and just all this like you've seen our lives. Yeah, my, it's been crazy. And, my updates have been way worse than yours have. <laughs> yeah, right. You got a baby. I had to move to Florida. <laughs> oh, stop it. You look at the freaking beach every other day. I have not been. You to text the, me. I have not oh, been, sorry. Been at the beach. <laughs> we have done a pod every day. I've not been to the beach in a month. Oh, <laughs> uh, whatever. There you go. All right, I'm done talking. Now, now this is this is conclusion of the rambling portion of the Lockdown Mavericks podcast. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.